Welcome to Crazy Enough to Win. I'm your host, John Grubbs. Welcome to the podcast. We have a special treat for you today, especially if you are the boss, if you are the head honcho, the el jefe, the one in charge. I've got a real, I've got a very interesting question for you. Are you held hostage by a bad employee? And you may be thinking, what on earth does that mean? Am I held hostage? So I'll repeat the question. Are you a hostage? Do you feel handcuffed to your desk by a toxic employee imprisoned by an invisible bond. <laughs> Are you imprisoned by an invisible bond? Have corporate human resource policies made terminations in your company so tricky and so cumbersome that they're just not worth your time and effort? You feel stuck, stuck with a toxic employee, stuck with a bad employee, stuck with an employee that should have their future freed up. Well, guess what? You are not alone in your misery. There are many other supervisors suffering from the same dreadful affliction. Whether these cuffs are literal or metaphorical, far too many leaders feel impotent when managing a business team today. Fear of litigation and increasing corporate bureaucracy are making the lives of contemporary managers challenging, to put it a kind way. One manager stated terminations are on hold due to the COVID pandemic and subsequent work from home necessity. That's right. Listeners, you're not going to believe this. COVID is now the excuse for avoiding necessary terminations. He said, I can't fire this employee because they're working from home and COVID is going on. You can't make this stuff up. It's real. And I'm working with several teams right now to overcome this challenging reality. Now let's go back in time before the pre COVID economic boom, hire fast. I'm sorry, hire slow and fire fast was my advice to managers. I mean, be careful, be selective, be choosy, but fire them quickly if they don't live up to the hype in the resume. But now, when the unemployment rate dipped below 4% nationally, this is pre-COVID, my direction changed from hire quickly and fire fast. And the reason was the chance for top talent remaining available while the slow corporate bureaucracy took its sweet time was remote. In other words, they were going to get snapped up by someone else. The pre-COVID talent war favored top employees. It favored superstars and waiting to hire them. Well, 
you often miss the boat. It resulted in a missed opportunity. And the old saying, if you snooze, you lose, was the reality. Now, current, currently, think about this. We're seeing a huge corporate migration because of work-from-home policies and opportunities. COVID vaccines are reaccelerating the race for talent. People are changing jobs in large numbers. And get this, transitionary unemployment, that is the time people are unemployed between jobs, well, those numbers are on the rise. What does that mean, John? Well, you now face an opportunity to upgrade skill, to upgrade your team, to upgrade your talent pool. However, you feel trapped by a bad team member that you cannot or will not terminate. Does this feel familiar? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Listen to this. According to Forbes, managers or supervisors spend a disproportionate amount of time thinking about handling the wrong people. You are thinking about handling the wrong people. And you have way too many conversations with the other person or other people about this toxic bad person regarding the problems they are causing. And sometimes, well, you work hard to figure out how to shift or reallocate work to make up for poor work habits or lack of skill. And here's what you think. HR will not let me fire them. Or, this is more popular, our company makes it impossible to fire somebody. You're not alone. I'm working with an organization right now that feels like they cannot get rid of the wrong people. Well, guess what? That means you don't have room for the right people. However, this is something I want you to think about. Bad employees are your fault if you do not react early. They are like dead bodies. It would help if you dealt with them or the stink is only going to get worse. Remember this. You get what you tolerate. You train what you tolerate. And most importantly, you deserve what you tolerate. So you're thinking, John, what do I do? You're right. I'm suffering. But what do I do? I'm at the end of my rope. So I'm going to give you a little bit of help. And I'm going to give you some support. And I'm going to give you some encouragement to dealing with bad employees. But the first thing I want you to do, if you are enjoying this podcast, subscribe to the channel so that you get updates every time I put out another episode. Share this with people in your feed. I know that there are other people suffering. Let's get the message out there about these bad employees and try to stop some of the senseless suffering that's going on with managers and supervisors. There is a lifeline. So you think, okay, what, what, what's the first step? Well, the first step with a bad employee is to clarify your expect your expectations. I want you to be 
very specific with them about what you want. I want you to tell them to do these things or stop doing these things. And don't ask for general improvements. Don't ask them to get better with their attendance or to get better with their productivity or to get better with their attitude. Ask for something specific. It's time to speak straight and be direct about what you want. It could be something like, I need you to increase your productivity by 26% by the end of the week. Give them a number. That's step one. Step two, I want you to get a commitment from the bad employee for improvement. I want you to make them commit to something. And here's the bottom line. If they will not commit, it is time to part ways. If attendance is a problem, ask them to take action that you can measure in the future. Once they commit, I want you to plan specific times to communicate with them and give feedback in the future. You could set it up every Friday. Let's meet every Friday and talk about your attendance for the week. But at least set a date and time to meet in at least the next 30 days and stick to the plan. If you waffle, if you wiggle, they're going to take advantage of it. Stick to the plan. We're going to meet every Friday at 2 o'clock to talk about your attendance for the week. And get ready because you might get some really creative excuses. And listen, it's not just coming from me. Better Managers, Karen Benz, says that you must learn to confront respectfully in a carefrontational way. Don't you love that word? Carefrontation. Carefrontational. You must learn to confront respectfully in a carefrontational way. You might be the person that just hates confrontation. You hate dealing with this. But I promise you something. The more you do it, the easier it gets. You can do this. And develop a performance improvement management plan that will provide problem employees with an opportunity to improve. And be positive. Show them the value they bring and the opportunity to increase their value. Now, don't fib about this. But if there are things they do that add value, share with them what they do that adds value. Most of all, be crystal clear in your expectations. Be specific, have examples, and be fair. Let them know what you will no longer tolerate. Next, I want you to identify areas where they choose to make and where the choice will be made for them if changes do not occur. You know, one of the leaders that I coach calls it, I coach them out. In other words, I put so much pressure on them, they quit. That's a, that's a strategy. But revisit these issues with them weekly or at least biweekly. Look for change and positively reinforce it. That means when they do show up, give them some love. Give them some positive reinforcement. I know you're thinking, I don't want to show any love to a bad employee. But look, that's the job. You've got to reinforce it. And for you, most importantly, follow through on all aspects of your performance plan. Because here's the, the catch. 
If you don't follow up and do what you say, why would they honor their commitments to you? You have to uphold your end of this plan. Now, often managers, even HR leaders, misunderstand employment law to avoid risk. They feel the risk after termination is more significant than a lousy employee. Let me let me break this down for you. That is absolutely false. The risk of the lousy employee is greater than the risk of termination always. And I'm a rare always or never guy. But this reality, if they, if they think that the risk is greater, this reality is akin to not having a conversation with your doctor about a suspicious lump. You've got to talk about it. And if you don't believe me, there's more. According to the cut, some managers mistakenly believe they can't fire people because a person happens to be a certain race, a certain age, a certain religion, or because they happen to be pregnant or have a disability. But listen to what the cut says. That's not how the law works. And managers have a responsibility to educate, educate themselves about the law. Although that can be hard to do if they're working with HR people who encourage the same misconception, which is a thing that happens. Another variation of this is that the company requires so much paperwork. Subscribe to the channel if, I'm, if you have to do a lot of paperwork. They make you do so much paperwork over such a long period of time. And this is out of misguided belief that they need to do this to cover their asses legally. So much paperwork that managers conclude it's just not worth the trouble to bother or deal with it. It's just not worth it. And if you read my work, if you've studied my work for any length of time, you can go and get many, many articles at johngrubs.com, www.johngrubs.com. I've written about HR dysfunction. That's where I came from. I used to be an HR guy. I came from HR many, many years ago. And I've written about the dysfunction with a sense of personal experience. And I've written about it several times over the years. The role of HR can be different depending on what the company rewards or prioritizes. In other words, what's the priority? Is it litigation avoidance? Decisions will be made in one way. But if growing talent is the priority, which is what I teach, hiring and firing are easier. And again, just don't take my word for it. U.S. News, Allison Green explains. This is her explaining the dysfunction in the HR departments of the world today. The human resources department's function is to serve the business's needs. Its loyalty and responsibility, we're talking about HR, are to the company. In some cases, that means advocating for employees against bad managers because it's in the interest of employers to retain great employees. Sometimes it's to identify and address bad management and stop legal problems before they explode. We get that. There is an aspect of that in HR. But plenty of other times, what's best for the employer 
will not be what's best for the employee. And the best interests of the employer will always win out. And she said, that's not cynicism. That's simply what HR's mission is. I wish every HR personnel, people manager in the world would read that simple statement. And according to Inc. Magazine, there are few ways a bad employee can ruin your organization from the inside out. Think of it like a cancer, like a tumor inside your organization, like a rotten piece inside of something that seems normal. So here are five ways that bad employees can ruin your organization from the inside out. Number one, he or she can threaten the morale of your other employees. Nobody likes to work with a dud. Nobody likes to work with someone lazy, especially when they're making the same money. So number one, bad employees threaten the morale of your other employees. Number two, number deuce, Bad employees do second-rate work and bring others down with them, reducing overall productivity. You are spending an inordinate amount of money on payroll because you employ bad employees. Number three, people who aren't engaged don't provide the best service and your customers will take notice. So if you prioritize your customers, if your customers are important to you, you have an obligation to get rid of bad employees. Number four, if you aren't willing to make the tough decisions, your good employees will lose trust and respect for you. You lose leadership equity the longer bad employees stay on your team. There is no time for inaction here. Deciding not to decide or making excuses or procrastination or any of those things will not cut it. You're losing leadership equity the entire time you don't deal with a bad employee. So if you think you're not, you're too busy to get rid of a bad employee, think again. You're losing respect. You're losing trust from the good employees on your team. And here's number five. Good people leave. Good people leave. You, it's it's kind of like winning in sports. If you don't win, if you don't have the best talent, your good people leave. Good people want to work around other people who plus them up, who make them better. So firing bad employees isn't just about the soft issue of maintaining a feel-good culture where every employee is a perfect team player. Listen to these numbers. Listen to these statistics. Again, this is according to Inc. Magazine. Disengaged workers cost the American economy $350 billion, with a B. $350 billion per year in lost productivity. Over a quarter of a trillion dollars in lost productivity because of bad employees, because of bad workers. And here's another plus. This may blow your mind. If you keep bad people, your good people will leave. And replacing them can cost up to 200% of their salary. Let me repeat that again. 200% of their salary. 
Think about that. Think about the cost. The cost of lost productivity and the cost of replacing an employee. That's according to Inc., not John Grubbs. So here's the bottom line. If this podcast does one thing, I hope it gives you a gentle nudge to break your bonds and escape. Stop being a hostage. Worse, stop being a victim. The cost of waiting, I call it the cow, cost of waiting, C-O-W, is far too great to avoid the work. And your captor, well, they're not willing to let you go. They like you held hostage because they can do what they want. They can show up when they want. They can work as hard as they want. So I want you to formulate an escape plan based on what I've shared with you today. Formulate an escape plan and take the first step towards freedom. Now, listen to this next part very carefully. You may indeed be institutionalized to feel, feel a sense of normalcy with the current reality. That means you've had this bad employee for so long, you've gotten used to it. And you may have even talked yourself into thinking that this is normal. Well, let me assure you, this is not normal. Every single leader I have coached through this perception of reality is blown away, amazed at what freedom is like on the outside. So I'm going to end with a quote for you. I want you to release your inner William Wallace. Your, I want you to release your brave heart. Embrace the courage to deal with these bad employees. Listen to this quote from William Wallace that you are likely familiar with. I fight and you may die. Run and you'll live at least a little while. And dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance to come back here and tell our enemies that they may, may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. Don't you love that? Don't you need the freedom from this bad employee? Aren't you willing to fight whatever's necessary for your employees, for your good employees, in order to make their experience in your organization as positive as it can be? You know, this podcast is about going crazy for opportunity. It's about going big. It's a crazy people are the ones that make things happen in the world. Crazy people go to the moon. Crazy people go to the bottom of the ocean. Crazy people, well, they are the ones that get things done because they're crazy enough to win. This podcast is for people who embrace fear by, well, being brave. You see, bravery is not the lack of fear. Bravery is being afraid, but doing it anyway. 
Again, subscribe to the podcast. Share this podcast with people. Uh, we have listeners all over the world, and I, and I love you. You give me the most precious gift one human can give another, and that's your time. So giving me a few minutes of your time, I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful for the fans. You can get in touch with me. You can tell me what you thought about this podcast. You can tell me if you disagree with this podcast at www.johngrubs.com. Until next time.